Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Hello. YOLO. YOLO. Do you guys know what movie that's from? Do you know what movie that's from, Peyton? From what? YOLO. No. Mega Mind. Mega 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 Mind. I don't think I really. Oh yes, the Spider. No. Nothing. No. And then, would it have killed you to wash the bag? Nothing. I just realized I have done. An injustice as a parent to you. How? You've never seen... Yeah, you have. Well, maybe not, but... You know how Molly always says, Peyton, have you, are you going to Shuel today? Yeah. That's where it's from. But it's like, I'm going to the old Shul house. <laughs> God, that's a good movie. We're watching that again tomorrow. <laughs> the Shul house. Get it? Because it, he's... He spelled it out phonetically. Anyways, okay. Honestly, yeah, I do get it. It's so good. <laughs> it's the real word, how you say it. Yeah. Well, not how you say it, but I'll... All right, let's do this. Let's have kindergarten. All right, chapter three, which is quite deceiving because we're 75 pages into it. So it's like really chapter like, I don't know, A eight thousand. or nine. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> chapter three, magnets. Hear ye, hear ye, all lads and lasses of the XX school are hereby summoned to Her Majesty's Court at the Renaissance Fair on Friday, October 10th. Be there or be a pox pox upon you. Prize for the best costume be awarded by Queen Elizabeth herself. School field trip sponsored by Medieval Days Family Restaurants. Eat, drink, and be medieval. The yellow flyer had shown a picture of a pair of knights jousting on their horses. On, oh, sorry, jousting on horseback. Max Ernest shot his head. Why doesn't anybody ever know the difference between Renaissance and medieval? He muttered to himself. They're almost exact opposites. The XXX school visited the Renaissance Fair every fall. It was the first big... It was the first big event of the season coming up in about a month, uh, coming up about a month after school starts. Usually, Max Ernest was excited for the Ren Fair. Oh, did you wake up yet? Who? Cass. I don't think so. I don't think so. But look, speak of the devil, you said, did she wake up yet? Waffles is awake. Who's Waffles? You're kidding me, right? Oh, sorry, sorry. There's two animals named Waffles. There's we have one animal named Waffles that we've no. had for two years. No. My or what? Actually, have we had it for one? Dog, my aunt's dog's name is Waffles. Okay. Well, Waffles is not awake in this room. Okay. Anyways, um, as far as he was turned, uh, this uh, usually. 
<sighs> Usually Max Ernest was excited for the Ren Fair. He'd never worn a costume, but he'd always found some something interesting to be in, whether it be solving obscure Renaissance riddle or distinguishing between English and Italian styles of armor. This year, he couldn't have been less interested in the annual field trip. As far as he was concerned, Cass, with Cass's life on the line, it was no time for merriment. And if he absolutely had to take a trip to the Renaissance, he would have to, he would have preferred that it be the real Renaissance so that he could retrieve Cass in person. That is assuming that she'd made it all the way back to the Jesters in time and hadn't gotten stuck at her mother's high school prom. Anything, however, would have been preferable over this trip he was currently embarking on. It was the first day of school, and Max Ernest was standing still in the hallway. <sighs> no, I can't stop. Standing still in the hallway. Stalling while chattering students strode past him. Eventually, he tore himself away from the bulletin board and stepped nervously into, into the administration office. Behind the counter was a woman that he didn't recognize. She was chewing gum against school rules, Max Ernest noted silently, and painting her fingernails. Hi, he said, his voice louder than he intended. I'm Max Ernest, I know. I'm Miss I know, Miss Johnson's waiting for you, said the woman in a nasally New York accent, not looking up. Um, who are you? The school secretary, she said, popping a bubble. My name is Opal, like the rock. Ooh, Opal. We haven't named all the spiders yet. Let's name the new one Opal. Okay. Okay. That's actually really cute. The new secretary, she said, popping a popping a bubble. Opal name is Opal, like the rock. The secretary dangled her hand in front of Max Ernest, showing off a gold ring inset with a milky iridescent stone. Uh, nice to meet you. Likewise, I'm sure. She pronounced it Shua. What is in your bed? Oh, it's your necklace. Likewise, I'm Shua. Max Ernest didn't know what to think of the new secretary. Sitting down, Opal was very tall, and she had a big head of blonde, curly hair that made her look even taller. Her hands were exceptionally large, and her face wore a seemingly permanent smirk, punctuated by this sizable mole on her right cheek. All in all, not a very reassuring presence. You're sure she's, you're sure she's not too busy? At Ma Max Ernest asked, hopefully. I'm sure there's tons of stuff that she needs to do. Maybe I should come back tomorrow. Yeah, that's a good idea. How about that? Sorry, Max Ernest. No such luck. Was that the, his imagination, or was she shift? Was she stifling a laugh? Max Ernest took a tentative step in the direction of the principal's door. The last time he'd seen Miss Johnson, she had told him that she never wanted to see him again, and for good reason. He and Cass and Yo Yoji had stolen Mrs. Johnson's family heirloom, the tuning fork, and blackmailed her to boot. It all had been for a noble purpose of saving Cass's mother's life, but that certainly didn't matter to Miss Johnson. He would be lucky to have to leave her office with a semester's worth of detention. Expulsion was more likely. 
She said not to knock, Opal added brightly. Just walk right in. Max Ernest nodded weakly. His throat felt dry. His palms felt sweaty. Finally, he steeled himself. He steeled, interesting, steeled himself and turned the knob. Max Ernest, for shame, don't, didn't anyone teach you to knock? Uh, sorry, Miss Johnson, Max Ernest stammered, silently cursing the new secretary. It appeared that she had set him up. We will be the most satisfied if you address us as your majesty, please, said Miss Johnson in an exaggerated English accent. Well, don't just stand there, come in. Max Ernest couldn't help gay, couldn't help gaping. He almost didn't recognize the woman standing in front of the full-length mirror. In place of her usual polyester pantsuit and matching hat, she was wearing a long velvet gown with rhinestone tiara. A black stone pendant and a black velvet ribbon hung around her neck. It was shaped like an inverted eye and polished to a glossy sheen. I, or rather we, will be Queen Elizabeth this year at the Renaissance Fair, and I see that you have interrupted our royal chambers. Normally, the punishment for such an offense would be death. Sorry, miss, I mean, your majesty. Much better. So tell me, what do you think of this dress? Too plain? Too gaudy? Has it only arrived for, it has only arrived from the tailor? Um, Max Ernest looked down, unsure how to answer the question. When he looked up, <laughs> he gasped out loud. The pendant she was wearing was about, was, appeared to be floating in the air. It's a magnet, said Miss Johnson, following Max Ernest's eyes. Oh, that explained it, sort of. The magnet was pointing in the direction at him, or rather at the tuning fork in his pocket. He thought a very strong magnet, she added. It attracts and absorbs all negative energies that transforms my, I mean, our life. She she patted the pendant and settled, and it settled itself back against her chest. You see, something terribly important has happened to us. We have received a message from ourselves. Before Max Ernest could ask what it meant, or declare that it made no sense to even just receive a had, or even ask just what message she'd received, she continued, and we went on a journey. To a land far, far away. We called it I. Max Ernest didn't know what to think. Didn't think he had heard or heard her correctly. The I love me? Well, there is a play on words of that, yes. But what he said is the Isle of Me. The island of pure self that lies within all of us. And what sent us on this trip from us to us, you ask? She paused for emphasis. The answer is you. You and your friends. Me? Uh, us? Miss Johnson nodded. In your own way, you've done me a favor. Carefully adjusting her dress, she sat down behind her desk, the principal, a principal once more. After you took my tuning fork, I, I kind of... I went through a kind of withdrawal and realized that the tuning fork had been ruling me and that I wasn't the master of my own isle, so to speak. She explained, dropping the royal we in the English accent at the same time. It was time that I put I put I back in me. You mean the letter I? 
There's no I in me, said Max Ernest, who was struggling violently to follow along. Or do you mean put the E-Y-E back in me? He asked, looking at her eye-shaped pendant hanging from her neck. Whichever. Both. I was speaking figuratively, Miss Johnson answered impatiently. Somehow I knew the tuning fork to come back to me, and I wanted to be ready when it did. What force could protect me? I, I asked I. What would draw the tuning fork away from me even as I draw the tuning fork? Do you know what I told me? Was the problem to this answer? A magnet, Max Ernest guessed, taking a seat in the opposite of the principal. It was indisputably odd that the object, the subject of magnets was being brought up by Pietro and Miss Johnson at the same space of two days. But Max Ernest had a hunch that this was the answer he was, she was looking for. Very good. Miss Johnson looked impressed. And at the same time, slightly disappointed, as if she'd been hoping to provide the answer to herself. Naturally, being the principal of a magnet, of a magnet school, I considered interesting. I considered the significance of magnets before, but I'd never considered that they might have a personal application. Miss Johnson continued, and lo and behold, what should I find in my attic? In a box of things that belonged to my great 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 aunt Clara, the same woman whom the tuning fork belonged accidentally the one everybody says was a witch the magnet that's right the very magnet i am wearing around my neck she held up the pendant for max Ernest to inspect at close range it seemed to be running some sort of a a black stone with thin velvet and gold running through it i have decided to no longer be ashamed of my ancestors and to embrace her memory continued miss johnson it may be there is so much to learn from this so-called witch now i cannot wait any longer you have do you have the tuning fork i i take it that's why you wanted to see me she looked anxiously at him craning her neck inspecting his pockets for bulges trying to peek in his school bag yeah it's right here miss johnson yeah it's right here miss johnson This time, she didn't even bother to correct him with the name. As soon as Max Ernest brought out the tuning fork, Miss Johnson's eyes were drawn to it, as if her eyes were magnets themselves. A pendant around her neck was floating again, straining against the chain. Max Ernest, meanwhile, felt an invisible force pulling him towards the principal. You see its power, she gasped. Tearing her eye gaze away from the tuning fork, she stood up and walked around her desk to Max Ernest. Will you make a circuit? Well, we will make a circuit, you and I, she said, grasping him by his hand and pulling him out of his seat. We will draw out of the negative energy and create a positive flow. Positive or negative, all Max Ernest could think about was that he and the principal were holding hands. Holding hands, he gritted his teeth and he and he prepared to wait it out. At least it looked like he wouldn't be expelled. Okay, that's funny, and I am, like, literally falling asleep. My eyes are getting very heavy, and Peyton has ditched us. Okay, bye.